Hello, everybody, and welcome to this special edition of the Elseworlds Exchange, where we're going to talk a little bit about Stan Lee's passing. I'm Sal. I'm Tiffany. Uh, we're going to try and re, uh, reserve the, the Super Chats uh, to nothing for today, just, like, because we don't want to, like, monetize the video in any way. As you notice, you might be able to watch this video without any, like, pre-roll or anything like that. Ads, turn those off. I don't want to make any money off it. I just want to talk about Stan and how uh, influential and important his work was, not only to the culture, but also to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I noticed there was a couple, so I will address those. But I do want to, like, just say, you know, we're going to try and just kind of, like, not address them because, uh, again, we're just trying not to, like, make any money off of it. It's just, you know. Yeah. It's no point. Uh, not there's no point, but it's like it, it seems like it would be insincere. But uh, Andy Colliver says today, all of us comic fans mourn a loss, but celebrate a wonderful life and give our eternal thanks to Stan for a beautiful universe, Excelsior. Uh, couldn't have said it better myself, man. The reality is like that is what the point of this episode is. We're gonna talk a little bit about um, how important he was and how uh, influential he was to the culture and to ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. um, the whole point is like, you know. He was in a bad way for a little while recently. Yeah, yeah. And so not, you know, most of us didn't really, I mean, like he was in his mid nineties. It's, uh, you know, it's to be expected, but, um, you know, let, let's celebrate the fact that he was here rather than the fact that he's been, that he's, that he's gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about Stan. Uh, Tiffany, do you remember your first exposure to Stan Lee slash Stan Lee property? I mean, like, Stan Lee property is a little <laughs> harder because, like, I feel like I could probably, if I reach back, remember when I first was exposed to, like, something that Stan Lee created. Right. Because everyone has been touched by something that Stan Lee's created. Yeah. But uh, do you remember when you, you when you were exposed to Stan Lee as an individual, as a person, as an entity? That's hard, honestly. Because right? I'm like, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like I remember, like, as a child, which is, like, it's hard to dig back that far sometimes, mm -hmm. um, like, seeing him, like, yeah. live, like, either on TV or on, like, yeah, like as part of, um, I guess, like, some of the cartoons, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. as, like, a, like, an opening or, right. or what have you for, like, various, like, shows or afternoons or what have you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I guess that would probably be it. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just, like, I... I almost can't even pinpoint the moment I was aware of him. It mm -hmm. feels like I've always, like, that's so weird. Yeah. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just such a part of the cultural, or the pop culture, that it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I think um, the first time I was aware of Stanley as a person, it was uh, probably one of the cartoons. Um, I remember reading com Whenever I... Well, yeah, I think my first exposure to Stan might have been through comics because... Um, I read them before I started watching the cartoons. Right. Uh, but when I was reading comics, Stan was ever-present. Uh, in every intro to every comic that I read from Marvel that I really enjoyed, mm -hmm. Stanley created it and Stanley had his mark on it in some way. Yeah. Usually it says, you know, Stanley presents. Uh, usually there was some kind of little blurb that explained who the character was, and yeah. it was explained by Stan. It was usually his words. Yeah. Um, so even though I wasn't necessarily aware of what he looked like or what he sounded like, I was aware that there was a Stan Lee, that he had some in serious influence on the thing that I was enjoying, right. and that he was integral to the entire process. Yeah. Then, of course, there was also the bullpen uh, yes. writings that he did, where mm -hmm. he was like, hey, everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, there were a lot of, like, 
you know, uh, carnival barking from him where he's like, I'm going to sell this whole thing. Like well, people aren't really, you know, comics are not mainstream. I got to really like play this up. And that's, that, that's a noble profession. I do not look down. I don't, I don't call him a carnival barker in any derisive way. I mean, like he's like, he's trying to like run a three ring circus. Yeah. You know, with a shoestring budget. Well, it's funny because, like, when, when, like, this is this is all very fresh, very raw for all of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this this literally happened. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like moments ago. Yeah, but, but you, know, you know, it's been a few hours at this point. Yes. Um, but initially, it's just like, oh my gosh, like the impact he had through creation is incredible. Yeah. But the thing about the impact he had on the industry itself, and what you're talking about with that bullpen, I always thought of it more as like, it's like you know, during a time when there wasn't this mm-hmm. like there wasn't like the internet and there wasn't youtube and there wasn't like instagram and on like all this stuff it was a way for fans of comics to know that like if they didn't have anyone else who read them that someone else was on the other end of them that someone else was involved and there was a person there and like that at the very least if that person was reading them and was a part of it like you like i don't know you had a friend yeah it's true uh he he definitely democratized fandom and like pop culture in a way, in in his own way. Yeah. Um, you know, like if you're enjoying a book or a novel uh, by a long lost creator, you, you based on the whole like influence of creation, you know, they're they're not able to really like give you a whole like you know this is who I am as an author and right. you know, and a lot of authors like to divorce themselves from their work. Stan was very much the opposite. He's like, this is something I made for you, and I want you to really enjoy it. And it yeah. Was just, it's almost inexorable to like. D- disconnect the two of them. You can't. Yeah. Um, from his, from the man and his creation. Well, not only that, but I, I think he's also credited with like making it like normal for a a credits page. Yes, he did. In he, comics, he was like, definitely the like he he really pushed it. It's funny uh, you hear about a lot of people talking about how like you know the negative side of the business of the of the comic book industry and what his role was in like creators' rights and 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 you know robbing people of their credit but like the dude was very much a proponent of being like these are the creators of the book well, let's yeah. put their names on here i mean i want i want my name on there yeah but like who doesn't yeah and you know he he kind of made it he normalized the concept of being like these are the people who made this comic possible yeah. um and and that's like just another notch in like the long like ever ever expanding belt of influence that Stanley had on the industry and, and, yeah. and on mainstream culture as well. Certainly. Um, so, yeah, like, I guess, uh, like, just, just getting back into, like, getting to know who Stan was. Yeah. Um, after the bullpens and getting to know his voice, like, his, his words and his influence mm-hmm. and his, like, ownership, not of Marvel, but more on his ownership of, like, Marvel as, a, as an icon. You know, he didn't own it. Yes. But it's more like he owned it. Like, yeah, he took, yeah, yeah. He took authorship over that world mm-hmm. and uh so you know even when marvel delved into other things like for me it was spider-man uh the cartoon from the late or from 81 okay. and then after that uh spider-man and his amazing friends which is kind of like a <laughs> spiritual sequel to it um, yeah but his voiceovers on all of those shows yeah. was a way of being like hey i'm here too like yeah there's i'm not too far behind from wherever you <laughs> from whatever you're doing yeah um, and, and and people's embracing of that culture. I remember, uh, you know, it's funny. Stan made it, like, normal to expect him in his work. Yeah. Uh, to the point where he also appeared. I mean, like, he and Jack Kirby also, like, were drawn into yeah. the Marvel comics. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, they would, like, make little fourth wall poking jokes even back then. Even, like, <laughs> the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Um, 
but uh but yeah he's he he uh he definitely made it so it's like oh i know who he is and he feels like a like i feel a kinship with him you know yeah. he's never too far behind the thing you created and he was always very like jovial even if you know the, the, there was negativity around his creation or oh, his, sure. his effort he kept positive he oh, yeah. remained a positive force he certainly did and i'm sure when he was a publisher he was a son of a bitch <laughs> but like in that way that good publishers are right and in that way that publishers have to be yeah but like i'm sure to work with him was very different than to be a fan of his or to be like to to grow up around him right you know what i mean and how like kind of cool like in the the voiceovers and and, and such to to be like a kid and yes. know that like this is an adult. Yeah, this grown up is is saying it's not only like okay to read, watch, or enjoy comics, yeah. but also that like maybe you could make them someday. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely was one of the voices that said to me, like, you can do things. Like right. you you are you know, the the power is within you. I mean, yeah. like just just not just from his own creations and the metaphors and the and the allegories therein, you know, like great power, great responsibility. I have the power to create. I should have the responsibility to make it. Mm-hmm. It's also like, no, I'm here too, and I'm telling you, like yeah. I'm I'm literally here as living proof. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, his 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 influence as a as a character was ever present. I remember like so he's in the he did the voiceovers in the cartoons. Mm-hmm. He did. Um, I remember seeing him. It's funny. There was a Warner Brothers cartoon that I'm sure you're not unfamiliar with called Freakazoid. There's a great moment in Freakazoid where Freakazoid and is running away from a fanboy mm-hmm. named Fan, Fanboy. He's trying to be a sidekick. Okay. And Freakazoid is trying to bribe him to go away from him. Warner Brothers cartoon, owners, owners of DC Comics. Yeah. Um, and he's offering him like the Batman sequel script okay and then at one point he says like i'll give you an autographed picture of stan lee and i'm being like what <laughs> uh of course in the in the in joke that neither of them know who's that who that is right but it's like it's a really cute little, yeah but like even across the aisle uh everybody knew stan loved stan wanted to like make some kind of like you know deference to him like hey yeah. man you know you did this um i know stan and carmine infantino from dc comics were great friends and they normalized or at least made it so that the comic book crossover could be a thing oh sure uh his his i i i keep going back to the carnival barker like ringmaster kind of thing because Mm -hmm. like the dude knew how to sell and he was always like excited about things that he was selling Mm -hmm. and so you know even the idea of like hey superman versus spider-man he's like that's fun Shouldn't we, we should get excited about that. Yeah. We'll worry about how much we make after that. We're going to make a lot. Right, right. But as long as we sell it and we, like, champion it. I mean, if you read any of his, like, little blurbs, you can see him, like, getting all excited behind the behind the keyboard. Oh, sure. I mean, like, he always strikes me or struck me as a, instead of a why person, a why not. Very, definitely. Like, He's definitely the kind of person who's like, yeah, of course. Why not? I mean, look at, if you look at the earliest Marvel cartoons, yeah. They are some of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> but, hey, they approach the, the group. They're like, we want to make these animated features. He's like, they're like, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. do Why not? Like, every everything, his whole career is defined by why not. His, not only his career, but also his creations. Yeah. Um, I guess we could jump into that a little bit. We can yeah, talk about some of the, some of the influences he's had, um, <laughs> notwithstanding just the movies and the and, and his cameos and whatnot. and the everything and the everything. <laughs> we'll talk about some of the Marvel creations that he's made. Yeah, some contributions in the world. Absolutely. Um, 
you know, he he's responsible for a lot. And I had this thought, like, oh, we could just read all the things that he's created. But I'm like, that, we trying to keep it a little brevity, you know? Yeah, trying to keep it a yeah, little bit, you of know. course. And like, and not not to say that like he did all of these alone. Like, no, he no, he worked with people with and, a lot of artists and like incredibly uh, powerful creators themselves. But you know, just you know, again, Stan's attitude of why not, and yeah. he brought these, he brought words to them and these stories, and you yeah, know, like. I mean, he's no, he's the guy who, who, with great power comes great responsibility. It's a concept I don't normal. I've, I've never heard before learning about Spider-Man or after hearing about Spider-Man. And these are, those are his words. Those are his, like, his concept. And it has such an amazing applicability to so much. Mm-hmm. And that's just one character in one issue, notwithstanding how much influence he's had mm-hmm. in the formation of characters that help to make people give give people authorship over their own lives. Oh sure. I'm thinking about uh, Daredevil for example. Mm-hmm. Daredevil, blind superhero. Definitely an embodiment of the why not concept, Exactly. Right? Well, I mean, I you know, I, I think it was his wife who encouraged him when like he was about to leave comics and like this opportunity comes along to create all new superheroes to rival what DC's coming out with at yeah. the time. Marvel's not quite Marvel at the moment. No, no, no. But uh, his wife's like, why don't you just tell the stories you want to tell? And he decides that he's like, I'm going to tell stories about people who have flaws. Mm-hmm. That they're fallible. Right. Because DC was more like about like, you know, like the ideal. Yeah. You know, and he's right. The like, strong man, the, 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 the very like radio drama superhero. Yeah. I do no wrong. I'm not like fallible. Uh, I, I jump over buildings in a single bound. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he was very much like, uh, a, well, because he was bored. You know, he's like, ah, this is, yeah, I could do that, but like, mm-hmm. why? Why not do something, you know, different or something that I want to sure. read about? Exactly. And you're like, that's, I mean, you know, sure, it was a like takeoff of another team, but when you look at the Fantastic Four, it's Fantastic. one of his first creations. Yeah, that's true. The first family Marvel, uh, people say that a lot, but like, you know, the reason they call them that is because. They were created first. Mm-hmm. Not the first timely comics no. creations, but certainly the first, like, Stan Lee era yeah. of Marvel. Yeah. Uh, and the Fantastic Four represented so much. There's, first of all, talk about coming out of the gate swinging. Four characters on one team immediately. Yeah. All of them with a different f- or, or array of powers. Of course, Human Torch is a derivative of the robot Human Torch, but right. still, I think, made more interesting as a result. Absolutely. Um, but, like, four individual characters, seemingly no correlation between their power sets. Not like, oh, they all have eye powers, or they all have, like, flight or something. They, mm-hmm. they each have their own, they each could be their own superhero. They could each sell their own book, and indeed they have. Um, and yet, let's talk about this group of people who make a family. Yeah. Like, at the core, you know, yeah, it's a super team. Oh, look at them be defeat, like, the Mole Man. But, like, also, look at these people who are superheroes. Like, look, or mm-hmm. who, are, who are also a family. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and honestly, you know, he not only decided to take them and, and make them into a family. Yeah. But he takes these characters who have... You know, lives beyond being heroes. Who, in That's their own the rights, like you know, they're explorers, they're scientists, they are heroes in, right. in a sense. And then he gives them like what could just be seen as like, oh, you know, yeah, now you're superheroes and the world's gonna love you. And but he also gives them complications Absolutely. that go along with it, like 
you know, not all of them come out as lucky as Reed. No, yeah, like, <laughs> oh, you mean I'm just as handsome and I can also, like, stretch every part of my body and so I can please my wife but also do science at the same time? Exactly. Like, yeah, good for you, man, but, like, your best friend is a horrible rock monster. Exactly. Yeah, just, just, and you can tell from a writer's standpoint, a person who, like, loves to tell stories and loves drama and, and pathos, the idea of, like, number one, making it Reed's fault, number two, making his best friend the rock monster, number mm-hmm. three, making his rock monster kind of have a crush on the girl that he's interested in. Right. Like, all of that is just delicious pathos that makes for <laughs> wonderful storytelling. Yeah. And it just, it, 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 it feeds the soul. It makes you want to go and I go out and not only write about that, but in terms of us as as, as consumers of content, we want to read about that guy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every time I think of the thing, you know, outside of his hilarious voice or a stogie out of his mouth, I think <laughs> of the image of him in the pouring rain and says, lo, this man, this monster. Right. Just this image of, of the thing, like, tortured and alone in a trench coat in the pouring rain, just, like, desperately, like looking for purpose in the world and like who would have thought that like someone would say hey i want to read about a superhero that just hates his life and you know the thing that makes him special and fun Mm -hmm. is the thing that he would love to be rid of yeah so many of those marvel characters are like that but not in a like copy and paste kind of like way no the hulk while they pit the hulk against the thing so incredibly different from the from each other Mm mm-hmm you know, the Hulk is another character. Well, like I'm tortured. I'm I'm a I'm a giant monster. I'm attached to like all these things. But like, his 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 whole world is completely different from the things. Yes. And yet, like you could you could draw parallels, but like you can get something different out of that concept mm-hmm. of like of like a person who's reluctantly a hero or reluctantly part of this like monstrous form. Yeah. Also, the dichotomy of being monstrous and also oh yeah a superhero. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, yeah, uh, just just going down the list about a few things that people, the characters that mean something to me. I mean, like, I'm glad you mentioned the Fantastic Four. I love those characters. Yeah. I love seeing them. I, I love like th- what they represent. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you're if if the Fantastic Four are not happy and joyous in some way, like they should have family drama and stuff like that. But if like, if at the end of the day there's no joy, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> and I, I think that would be like a good fitting tribute to those characters. I mean, by the way, if you've never read it, this came out more recently than you think. There's a book called The Last Fantastic Four Story. It's written by Stan Lee with art by John Romita Jr. And it came out after Marvel had decided, like, oh, we're going to do this book called The End, where it's uh, we're going to ascribe this concept to a whole bunch of characters, because obviously we're never going to stop making Wolverine books. Uh-huh. But what if we did? Like, what if we did, like, an eight-issue series or a 12-issue series where Wolverine, like, literally ended? Mm-hmm. And we'll give it to Paul Jenkins and somebody else, and we'll make a book out of it. Wolverine, The End. They did a bunch of those. And, in fact, they did one, well, The Fantastic Four, The End. And it was just, I think the idea was they approached Stan about doing a last Fantastic Four story. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, busy or not able to do it. And, but but he never let go of the idea. And I think it's so sweet because not only is that episode, that book is only about 10, 15 years old. So, like, in his 80s, he's thinking, he's he could easily be like, I'm not doing that anymore. I don't make right. those characters anymore. Yeah. I, I don't need to. I'll just collect checks and, like, go to cons and collect more checks. Right. But, like, that dude's, like, that idea got stuck in his craw, and he's like, you know what? I am going to write that idea. Yeah. And he did, and then uh, it was after the, the end thing had ended. Mm-hmm. But he's like, you know what? Like, here you go. If you want to do something with it. And they're like, yeah. And so the last Fantastic Four story is this cute little, like, story about... Uh, a huge cosmic monster that comes out of those out, out of space and judges 
the uh, the, the human race, the educator. But uh, it's an it's a fun story. Feels very classically. Oh sure. Uh, Ramita's pencils are very evocative of uh, of Kirby's designs. Right. And it, and indeed it should be. But it's but by the way. Last Fantastic Four story, you'd assume, like, oh, they die and everything like that. No spoilers here, but, like, I will say there is joy in that book mm-hmm. and uh, joy in the writing. You can tell he really had a good time. Right, and, like, I think that's what's so endearing about him is that as much as you, like, were saying he, he was a showman and he wanted to sell his product, yeah. he did have a love for it. Right. Oh, no, you don't. It's <laughs> when someone sells you something that they don't love or believe in, you can tell. Yes. Even if they are the best salesman, if there's no love for it, it's very plain and obvious. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to Stan, you could tell not only did that dude love being a showman, he also loved the medium that he represented, right. as you said. Um, he absolutely loved this medium. And you know, even if he didn't write for it in like towards the twilight years, yeah, uh, he definitely represented it. He, oh. he was never afraid when he was at a movie premiere or doing anything for a video game or another show. Mm-hmm. Where he was like, you know, comics, by the way, yeah, you know, these are the things that formulated the stuff you like, yes, and they're not like step stones to the like comics aren't like an avenue for you to enjoy movies. They're a thing onto themselves that you can enjoy and appreciate and love. Mm-hmm. And he did. I mean, he he. I think. And that's the thing, like, the industry that embraced and brought him success, he will always, he had always treasured and appreciated, mm-hmm. you know? So, oh, yeah, I completely don't blame you there. Um, but I'm glad we mentioned the Fantastic Four. They, 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 they were super cool. Yes. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm sad he never got to see a fun version of the Fantastic Four in, on screen. You know what's funny, though, is I liked it. I think he loved it all. Right, exactly. That's the thing. Like, every time he did an interview, you could tell, like, he really didn't hate any of those movies like no. he was just he was just excited that they existed yeah like he's just <laughs> like look i was i made this right and like look at all these people who who came together to make it happen to make it happen and all these people who went to go and see it and yeah like, it just i think for him it just it was it was enchanting right yeah no and also like here's the other thing when it comes to like my dumb comment about how like it's too bad he never got to see a good fantastic four movie like for him he's seen them all he wrote most of them. Yeah. Like he he's seen the best uh, Fantastic Four stories that have existed. Yeah. And helped to formulate them. Oh yeah. So like at the end of the day, like who cares if they adapt a burn story or they right. make one of his stories into a celluloid like adventure? Like he <laughs> he he imagined it. He put yeah. it on the paper and and made it real. Oh yeah. So you know he's he's been there already. He has. I mean like it's it's weird. It's like he's he's lived like a thousand lifetimes. Right. It's, no, it's true. It's absolutely incredible. That's the thing. Like. I hope that uh, wherever he is, it's half as imaginative and joyous and fun and crazy and zany as the worlds well, that he's created. It has to be because Kirby and Ditko got there first. Right. <laughs> yeah. They got to they got to paint the paint the walkway and uh, but yeah, man. So all right, talking a little bit about uh, other things. You know, with, with great heroes come great villains, of and of course, every great villain that Stanley's created could be a hero in their own story. Mm-hmm. Or could also be in and in some significant way sympathetic. I'm thinking, of course, of characters like Galactus uh, and Doctor Doom. Uh, I love Galactus <laughs> as a character. Every yeah. time I see him, I'm, I'm like I'm kind of in awe. And it's funny because I, I came to that concept a lot later than in life than you'd think. Like mm-hmm. as a kid, I was always like, he looks like a big dope and a big weird helmet. But like 
I, I never lost reverence for him, if that makes sense. As a comic book fan, you know, we're, we're a little bit self-loathing. We're like, oh, this is really stupid, isn't mm -hmm. it? But I'm desperately reading and collecting every single issue, you know, when I'm <laughs> by, by myself. But when it comes to Galactus, like, I was always like, you know, he looks silly. But when he shows up, I'm always like, I always hold my breath. Mm -hmm. And that, just, just that effort that went into, like, because Kirby made Galactus look cool. Or silly, if you're whichever you know, way you want to go. If you want to go, here's the thing. I think that ultimately you find the the appreciation in the character. Like, I don't know if I'll ever appreciate what Craven the Hunter looks like, but I still, but I still, my my point remains firm when it comes to like cosmic characters like that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like when he when 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 you come up with this idea like, oh, he he eats planets, right? Oh, okay, he's a jerk who eats planets. Like you can do that, but like no, he's this he's this time lost you know, explorer and he's, and he's compelled by the universe to do, to do ill. And he's, you know, transcends time. And it's you know, just all this like beautiful, gigantic, amazing stuff mm -hmm. that also grounds it in reality. Right. He eats yeah. planets, not really the most relatable character, but also, you know, he's tortured and compelled to do things against his will. Like mm -hmm. so many of us are right. in any, at, at some point in our lives. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And of course also Dr. Doom is awesome. Not to, <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, like, I think it, but... I think Doom is the ultimate um, example of a, a, a villain who is a hero in their own story. Yes, you know, like you know, Doom does come from a like tragic origin in a sense. You know, yeah. like almost mirroring the Fantastic Four, right? Oh no, of course. Um, but you know, not learning the same lesson that they do. No, you know, not not rising above, which makes him, of course, become the villain. Of course. Um, but you know, he's a genius creation, right? Um, and and giving him that, like, you know, he could be he could be a good guy. Yeah, and and indeed has and has been. That's the potential, by the way, of every character that Stanley's created. Yeah, like, they could be a great villain or a great hero. And most of the Marvel stories, they've done a lot of them. Mm -hmm. They they could flip either way. Yeah, and and I think that that's just a, another mark of like Stan's desire to create characters that were more relatable because right. there's you know the idea of there being absolute good or absolute evil is not something that we come across too often no. um, in the world. Um, you know, there's where we all have the potential to do the right or wrong thing at every moment of the day. You no, know? it's true. So I think that's I think it's brilliant of him. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, uh, by the way, we didn't really get a chance to talk too much about him. I wanted to just because like about emboldening people and giving sure. them authority over their over mm -hmm. their agency. Uh, Daredevil, the show just ended uh, season three. Mm -hmm. um, not only can I not believe that there was a great show called Daredevil, <laughs> yeah. but like I can't believe how much I've fallen in love with this character over the years in the beginning i was always like oh he's a spider-man supporting character basically <laughs> as a very little kid I, you know i always saw him in other spider-man comics i didn't really i'm like what is he, he just he doesn't have powers like he kind of can't see like mm -hmm. that's he has radar sense i don't understand what that means but like the more you get into daredevil the more i like love him especially as in, like as i get into adulthood like he is so like interesting and like relatable and i i like there's so much about him that makes me excited to, to read about him and to explore his character and it's all right there on the page and it's all right there in the beginning of his creation mm -hmm. um, just a just a little just a poor Catholic kid who has like a <laughs> who had like a rough time and had a, and had a, a gruff dad yeah um, I can relate to that origin a little bit mm -hmm. and uh, the dude also like making him a lawyer and making that whole thing like not just like he's a thing like he works at a, a, a newspaper like you know, I mean, even the even the Superman thing. I'm not gonna so shortchange it. I love the no, idea that, no, no. that Clark works at a newspaper. But like the idea of tying his 
origins of superherodom to his job yeah. and being like, that could be just as interesting and fun as him being a superhero. Yeah. For me, is so appealing. It's what I've, I'm like, well, what I missed about the show where mm-hmm. I'm like, no, 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 more, more about him being a guy. Yeah. More about his, 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 his other superhero identity where mm-hmm. he's, a, where he's like championing justice, uh, you know, in a suit and tie. Um, I love Daredevil as a character, and I can, I, like, can you imagine, like, you've already, like, stop drilling, you've hit oil, right? Like, you did the Fantastic <laughs> Four, you do, like, you do Spider-Man, and then, like, and I, I don't remember which comes first, I think, I think uh, Spidey came first, but, like, you know. I'm gonna trust you on that. Yeah, I think Spider-Man came first, because I think Spider-Man was 63, but in any case, like, you could have stopped. Right. At a certain point, mm-hmm. and he's like, "No, I'm doing all kinds of like, I, I'm not. Do- you, you, the best is yet to come." Yeah, I mean, like, just, just anyway, Daredevil's cool. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, are there any other characters that, that just spring up to mind to you? Because here's the thing. Like I said, we're not going to go down the list and be like, here's no, all the characters no, that we think are really cool. Um, I mean, like, his. I mean, here's the thing. Dicko really is the one that came to Stan and said, like, "Hey." I want to write this. Like, here's my five-page treatment and some images on mm-hmm. Doctor Strange. Right. Um, I want to do this. And, you know, Stan's the one that says, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Let's give it a shot. Right, because I think that, cause, yeah, you know his origins. Like, that mm-hmm. whole idea of being, like... Oh, no, it was it was, it was was Ditko. Ditko, like, they put it in Strange Tales. It was a very short thing. Like, they didn't have a whole lot of time to get it out there. Initially, um, like, Stan wanted to call him Mr. Strange. And then he was just like, you know what? That sounds too demeaning. Yeah. And they called him Doctor Strange. And then Stan apparently remembered that he was just like, wait, we already have a villain named Doctor Strange. You know what? It's fine. Yeah, you know, who cares? Does, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Yeah. But, like, he, he it was that why not? Right. You know, like, yeah, all right, you want it? Let's do some magic stuff. Sure, mm-hmm. let's, let's go for it. And of course, like, you know, Dicko would kind of be the driving force behind that and the world that Strange lived in. Yes. But, you know, Lee is the one who, who wrote a lot of that. He's the one that, like, gave him a voice. Gave him a voice and, like, you know, took things like the hoary host of Hoggif and, you know, the Eye of Agamotto and, like, yeah, put Wands them out of there. Wittum. And was like, I don't know what they mean, but I don't care, man. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. It just sounds cool. Right. Let's just go for it. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't uh, discount the 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 the, uh, the power of something that looks or sounds really cool. Yeah, and making that work. Yeah, um, and, and the power that is behind it. Sure. I mean, like ultimately, you know, my my interest in Spider Man began with just him looking awesome. Right. Um, but yeah, Doctor Strange, man, that's a that's a great creation. Oh, it is, and a, and a good good pull. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that I'm. Yeah. Well, it, it, for me, this was a rough year. Um, yeah, we lost we lost them both. Yeah, Ditko just passed not yeah. too long ago. Yeah, um, yeah, that's really sad. Um, he, this is a character that like I didn't really think about too much, but like I appreciate his origins. And the more I get into comics, I mean, like if I could even say that, mm-hmm. but like the more that I get into the comic book industry, the more I'm surprised by how many people love the Hulk right. and identify with him. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of strength. Uh, if they if you ever were a kid in the like 80s and 90s, uh, marketing people were selling you big strong guys, okay. nonstop. You were barraged with He-Men, right? And Masters of the Universe, just just muscle bound lunatics, mm-hmm. nonstop. But like the Hulk is a little different, you know, yeah. because and and the Hulk is almost like a literary figure. I mean, obviously, like the Jekyll and Hyde. Some comparisons are, are abound, yeah. but like a dude who does a meek, timid science 
worker mm -hmm. who winds up becoming like a hulking rage monster is like a really neat idea. And the idea of being like, okay, here's your book. It's about a guy who desperately doesn't want to be a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> like what a weird sell. Well, it's it, it, it's interesting because it's like, you know, on the one hand you have the, the concept of Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility. Right. And then on the other hand you have this where it's just like, you know, like I become something I don't want to be. Yeah. And I think people... well, And when I don't, and I don't want to be that, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt oh, you. Oh no, go like, ahead. I don't want to be this, but when I am it, I can commit great good. Yes. Like I'm so effective at this thing that I hate being. Yeah. 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 But I think like that's uh, an interesting concept. And I think a lot of people can maybe relate to that. Like that not being the person they want to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of being like, of feeling like a slave to your emotions. Yeah. Yeah, or like especially to your anger. Yeah. Um, and you know, thanks to that creation, I think we've gotten some really incredible introspectives on, like, using the Hulk on emotions yeah. and on you know self-loathing and on you know a certain duality. Right. Absolutely. Within a character, um, and all because. You know, Stan is, you know, out there, you know, saying yes to creators coming up to him, like, whatever, and mm -hmm. encouraging, like, not only himself, but others around him to pay attention to what's going on in the world. Yeah, that's true. You know, like, let's, like, again, the world outside your window. Oh, like, yeah. What, what's going on right now? No, very much. Where can he, we draw? He was very much a proponent of being, like, it would be unfair and dishonest to not report or reflect what's happening right now mm -hmm. in the world outside. Um I mean, very much. Most every every book that they made was like, you know, true to the author's vision. Whether that was his as an author, or whether it was the author who wrote that book or drew mm -hmm. that book, um, he was very much like, well, if you have a, if it matters and you have something to say, like, you know, put it out there, baby. Um, you know, it's funny you were talking about like <laughs> representation and yeah. feeling like you know connected to something. I mean, the X Men. Like, like I said, like you could have been like, okay, well, I made, uh, you know, I got the Fantastic Four. I don't really yeah. need to make more teams. Yeah, I got a team. I, I made these Avengers. I put them all on one team. You yeah, know, exactly. Whatever. But to to come up with a concept like the X Men, and by the way, like the X Men, like Magneto wasn't quite the social Avenger that people made him into until much later. Mm -hmm. You know, mostly he was like, in his first appearances, he was mostly like, ah, I'll defeat you. Like, he was very yeah. much a mustache-twirling villain. Yeah. But the concept of mutants, the concept of the X-Men, even if it didn't wear its political motivations on its sleeve, mm -hmm. were definitely inherent within the text or yeah. the subtext oh. of this series. Certainly. Just, just by presenting characters that were hated and feared for a visual... Q or uh, a, a, an uncontrollable affectation of your existence, mm -hmm. man, like that, that's, that, that is definitely speaking people's languages, particularly in the sixties, but especially any time there are people in mm -hmm. civilization. So, you know, it, it's, it's really dope to see like how early that started, sure. how well represented it was in this fun story and how relevant the X-Men continue to be and how like, important that team is to so many people. I, I literally don't know anyone who isn't a fan of some aspect of the X-Men <laughs> and doesn't go like the X-Men. Like right. even, if, even if people who are like, no, I'm, I'm very, I'm definitely more of a cosmic guy. I'm definitely more of a, or, or of, a, of an Avengers girl. Like, no, when it comes to the X-Men, everyone's like, I recognize how important the X-Men are. <laughs> like, and I recognize how much they mean to people. Yeah. And what the, what it means to have, to help them claim like, some kind of authority mm -hmm. over themselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just like, but wow, the X-Men? Yeah. Like, come on, man. Right. 
so I know you, I see on the list there you also have um, like Thor. I do have which Thor. I think is an interesting one to have on. That, I deliberately chose that because it was kind of like. Yeah, okay, all these characters, right? They're born from the atomic age. Mm -hmm. Oh, like nuclear concerns, communist suspicions, yeah. uh, you know, social unrest, and also this god. Right, but what I love about that is, you know, sure, Thor has certainly changed over the years. In fact, I think all of these characters have to some yeah. degree, although a lot of them, their core is still in yeah, their exactly. origins. Yeah, exactly, but the Stanley germ is still within It's, it's still inside. Um, but with Thor, I mean... Yeah, he took, he's like, let's put a god in this universe. Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. But it has to be a person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's going to, if if we went ahead and just had Thor, like, land, and he's like, and I'm here too. It's like, yeah, you just did Superman, I get it. Right, with a hammer, which right. is still, which is a dope is concept. This but, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, making him a human, grounding him in reality. It's funny, though, how much that's changed, but how the core concept of, like, humanize Thor, yeah. make Thor relatable. Yeah is still inherent in the character, even if, like, they've killed off or retired or abandoned the Donald Blake persona. Mm -hmm. Or whatever, or Jake Lockley, or whatever persona. Which, or whatever Masterson. Whatever yeah. persona you want to give to Thor. And at some point or another, people are like, yeah, but I don't really care about that, or I don't want to do that, or most, a lot of writers are like that. Right. But, like, as long as the reason behind his identities yeah. is in, is implicit within Thor, mm -hmm. then you've got a good selling book. Or at the very least, you've got an authentic version of the Stan Lee creation of Thor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we also, speaking of going back to representation and stuff like that, uh, Black Panther hitting at the box office is like, yeah, no kidding. Mm -hmm. But also, like, Black Panther resonating with people well before that is yeah. like, yeah, no kidding. Like, I've met so many people over the years who are like, who I remember like not only knowing people who loved black, Pan black Panther as children, but like seeing actors and movie directors and, and, and other writers who found black Panther to be a, a voice for them and a representation for them. That is like essential to their core and being like, Oh yeah. And it was made by these two old white guys. Mm. Like, but like, but the concept of black Panther giving them this, like, Hey, look at this stuff. Look at this! Yeah. It's James freaking Bond in an awesome, <laughs> like in a, in a, with 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 better skills, yeah. and black, yep. and also all this crazy cool technology and, yep. and and you know just 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 if you just gave him the skills, just yeah. gave him like the the superhuman abilities and the costume, you've already sold everybody. But then also making it like no, culturally he's also dope. Yeah, like oh, yeah. The the representation is so important, and it's why people are like so like you know, I, I like seeing myself in the thing I'm making, mm -hmm. and Black Panther is like rep so representative so representative of that. Yeah, and seeing people or hearing people who are like like seeing actors and and movie directors who are like, I've always wanted to make a Black Panther movie because I want to like give back to this character that made me feel like I had someone else in those books mm -hmm. at that time, um, just. And how cool. And, like, I wonder if, like, you know, and I don't know how much of it if it was, like, Stan being, like, you know, it would be really cool if, like, all these people that I live <laughs> with in this very, like, eclectic city could have some representation. Or if it was, like, you know, it would be cool? Black guy. Cat powers. Like, I don't right. know. But you know what, though? Like, I guess kind of regardless of what it is, it's kind of just, like... You know, like, he's just like, why not? Right, again. Just, just why not? Well, how about that? Well, I mean, like, look at, uh, you know, not just... Black Panther, but, like, look at Iron Man. Yeah. Iron Man, it's funny, and I, I've heard the story a couple times from him. Um, 
I had a picture of Iron Man. I guess I'll just pull it up. But like, I was like, oh, I'm ready for this. I was down no. there. I think it was. Oh, was he? I think so. Well, let me just pull him up. Here. Okay. But uh, the I've heard this story a million times about how he created Iron Man, uh, where he was like, okay, so most of the people who are reading my comics are protesting like war profiteers and weapons manufacturers. But wouldn't it be fun to make one of their superheroes into one of them? <laughs> and like, just just kind of like poking the hornet's nest a little bit, but also being like, just, just testing it out. Being yeah. like, why not do it like this? Why not make one of these, like the faces of the, the evil corporate America into a superhero and seeing if they'll buy it, seeing if they'll, if they'll go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the idea of Iron Man is so pure and interesting and funny. Mm-hmm. The idea of his origins, but also the idea of, like... I mean, it's funny how the comics took so long to finally, like, sell the way that people should expect Iron Man to sell. Mm-hmm. And it was until the movie that people were, like, culturally aware of Iron yeah, Man. Yeah, like, on board. On board. But, like, the Iron Man movie did a great job of, like, throwing out a lot of the, like, minutiae and the, the the technical stuff, you know, the junkyard of continuity and, yeah. and, and, and just stuff that he's accumulated over the years and being like, this is what Tony Stark really is. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and read, like, the, the, the Stan Lee stuff, it's pretty much that. It's pretty much that version of Iron Man. It's just that it's distilled into a pure product that Robert Downey Jr. expertly produced using his own brand of, like, you know, charm and and charm and wit. (laughs) Yeah, I've never really found Iron Man to be as charming until I saw it in Robert Downey Jr., but Uh if you you watch that or read his, like, Lee's work, and of course subsequent works as well, uh, it's there. That that swagger is there. Mm -hmm. That, that, That earned... Kind of arrogance yeah. is there within that character, and it's kind of cool how like that kind of kind of came out. Oh yeah, how, how like the 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 pure product of Stan Lee's original creation kind of like came through in a burning crucible of this movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, did we talk? Is there anybody else want to you want to mention before we like move on? Oh, I don't know. Whatever you want to. Um. Yeah. No. Uh, um. Shout out to Stan Lee's beautiful wife. Who we also <laughs> lost a little while ago. Yeah. Who was entirely modeled. Uh, who who uh, Gwen Stacy was entirely modeled after. I believe he just gave Ramita a picture of her and was like, make her into this character. Um, I think that's really sweet. I think that's, that's really in- cool. Incredibly sweet. I think that's um, absolutely incredible. And 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 indicative of the character where he's like, let's put heart into something I'm making. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Like I'm I've been doing this a long time. I'm going to make this character my wife. <laughs> I'm going to make the most beautiful person Peter Parker's ever seen into the woman that I married. Like, yeah. That's that makes sense. so sweet. But, uh, yeah. So, um, I guess I'll talk about Spider-Man a little bit. I think you should. Uh, Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. Uh, I like Batman. I have a lot of Batman accoutrement. But, like, yeah. at the end of the day, Spider-Man is, is it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not alone. I think that Spider-Man... Like, when they put uh, when when Dan Slott insisted that they put uh, world's greatest superhero underneath the Amazing Spider-Man thing, I didn't hear a lot of protests because <laughs> I think a lot of people like Spider-Man. Yeah, um, and it's amazing how people like him for so many different reasons. It's funny, mm-hmm. um, you know. People uh, when I first saw him, uh, I think it might have been a toy or a cartoon show. Mm-hmm. Um, my first comic book was a Batman book, but my first but that was a book that was given to me. 
right? Like, I was aware of Batman culturally because I'm a little boy. Right. It's like, the you given dinosaurs, trucks, sharks, and Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but, like, when you... When I went out into the world, again, as a little boy, though, uh, when I saw Spider-Man, I'm like, that. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about, like, how, uh, his cool big eyes and the red and blue. Maybe the patriotism in me. But, like, <laughs> but the fact that, like, Spider-Man looked really cool was the first thing that brought me in. And then, of course, I read the books, and each issue, regardless of what part in a series it was, who was working on it, how it looked... The, the core of it looks cool mm-hmm. and also the, the the core of the character were all implicit in the books that I read and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I connected with the material immediately. Yeah. And it's interesting how I resonated, like Peter Parker resonated with me as a person I wanted to be like and a person that appealed to me as a human. But it's interesting how, you know, I was brought in by the visual look of Spider-Man and how so many people love Spider-Man for so many different reasons. Right. They love Peter Parker, mm-hmm. or they love Venom, or they love, you know, different characters, like, you know, uh, just just any other ancillary character. Uh, or they love the power set, mm-hmm. or his rogues gallery. Uh, it's interesting how one character can mean everything to someone, and yet mean everything in such a totally different way to someone else. And it all comes from Stan being like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if there was a guy with spider powers who's also, like, a sidekick's age? <laughs> like literally that was it it was just like hey uh, what if Robin were his own superhero and he had awesome dope powers <laughs> and so Spider-Man comes from that whole like thought that, that whole thought process again another why not by the way that yeah. was big time a like well I guess I'll do this Amazing Fantasy was getting cancelled I guess uh, if I'm never gonna get a chance to do this character it's gotta be now right. because it's in a in like it's one chapter in a bunch of other things. Yeah. By the way, shout out to Jack Kirby did that cover everybody loves. Ditko did his own cover. It's very it's much more dynamic, by the way. Really? Uh, Ditko does one where it's like he's swinging at you uh, with the guy the same exact direction, which means I guess Stan said, "Make it." This that. is what it's gonna be. Yeah, but uh, but Kirby did the one where he's more impo- he's he's more strong and imposing and superheroic. Yeah. Uh, but oh, by the way, Jack Kirby didn't get to work on Spider Man book because Lee was like. No, you're doing him too heroic. He's mm-hmm. too big. You gotta make him. You gotta make him a kid. He's a little kid, and that's when he's like, Ditko knows how to do that. Ditko knows how to make him shrimpy and thin, and, <laughs> and he did. But uh, yeah, so Spider Man is a character that like means a lot to me. It's all thanks to Stan. Mm-hmm. Over time, the character has only grown in my like respect and, and interest, um, and evolved over mm-hmm. time with me. Uh, but I'll always owe, owe so much to him for creating this kind of like formative moral compass character for me, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so we're very lucky to have such incredible influences over time. And I'm really happy to say, and in terms of celebrating Stanley's existence and yeah. his contributions, that like my story isn't a solitary one. I think a lot of people feel the same way. Or they, if they don't, they're like, yo, Spider-Man's cool looking. And he also has these rockin' powers, and he brought this alien back from a planet that was, like, made for corporate reasons, but ultimately that thing made this Venom character attached to Flash Thompson, another Stanley creation, mm-hmm. and that guy gave me, like, made me feel good about, like, being a veteran or a soldier. And right. Like, you know, like, so much comes from, like, one source, and it's yeah. funny how, like, Spider-Man could be that source for so many things, but, like, from Spider-Man comes Stan Lee, and Stan Lee's webs out into, like, all these other sources mm-hmm. to all these other, like, impacts on people and influencing them and their and their perspective and their direction. 
Um, you know, I, I, I identify with a lot of different characters. Spider-Man was that one, like, that never really wavered and changed, you know? And, uh, and it all comes from the core of what Lee was putting in there. And, you know, I think if you have a character say, like, here's what I'm all about, and you put it on Front Street, he says a bumper sticker quote, it feels a little hokey. But, number one, during that time, it was, like, that was how it was written. But, number That's two... Just, that was how it was done. But, number two, like, you know, not to not to paraphrase, but, like, to, to quote, like, a, a line from a character Stanley did not create, Phil Coulson, you know, we could kind of use that right about now. Yeah. We kind of use that kind of hokey... We could use a little old-fashioned right about now. Yeah. And Stanley was nothing if not simultaneously old-fashioned and ahead of his time. <laughs> you know, where he's like, here's something fun, kiddos, you know? And you're like, oh, look, Grandpa's going to say something. He's like, yeah, you know what's totally cool? All these forward-thinking ideas about, like, people and society and, like, the human condition. It's like, oh, crap, Grandpa just dropped some science on us. Yeah. And he did it in a really cool way that involved, like, webbing. Yeah, I absolutely, like, not only that, but, like, I love just seeing, like, because Stan would be like, hey, check out what's going to be happening next week in Spider-Man. Right. But then he'd also be like, hey, oh, by the way, like, here's something, like, I think you guys should all be paying attention to, which is, like, care about each other. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or, like, hey, you know what's a real problem? Drugs. Yeah, like, Let's he, talk about that for a yeah, minute. Yeah, like, he gained your respect and interest through comics, and then mm -hmm. from that he was able to, like, try to pass on, like, positive messages. Exactly. Which is, like... And evergreen positive messages, yeah. not just like not just like you know, hey kids, make sure to brush your teeth, or hey, make sure to like duck and cover, like things that are relevant today. Yeah, oh yeah. I guess brushing your teeth is still relevant. <laughs> you get what I'm saying. But I think that like that's like it's above and beyond what you'd expect. Right. Yeah. From a, a publisher. Right. A publisher and a hired gun who's just there to make things that kids are gonna buy. Right. Yep. Like, a lot of us who grew up in the 80s and 90s love He-Man, right? Like, mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the people who made He-Man were making action figures yep. and cartoon shows to sell those action figures. Yep. They were there to do to go like, I'm going to make this thing that these kids are going to buy and bother their children or their parents to get. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Stan was definitely the same kind of person in terms of like, hey, listen, I need you to make up these things. These kids are going to go buy. I'm trying to make money here. And he's like, yes, yes, I'm going to do that as well. Uh, and also, here's something kind of, like, evergreen about, like, the human condition we're going to put in there. Like, here's something important. Yeah. And also, like, you know what? It's not all about selling the pages any... Like, it's not... It, 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 he's a carnival barker. He's a salesman. But he's also, like, uh, we're also going to sell this. Like, we're also going to sell, like... Being a person, yeah. being a human. Because, like, at the end of the day, that's what my characters are. And right. they just happen to be put in these fantastic situations. Yeah. And I mean, like, and it's not even in his stories, because, I mean, like, Stan famously also would just write little messages in the back of books. Oh, yeah, no, like, absolutely. Oh, he would, it's funny, because, like, when he would work with other artists, uh, his artists would be, like, the Marvel method. Usually he would be like, he'd be like, here's here's the outline. Here's yeah. what the story's gonna be about. Go for it. And then yeah. they draw it, and then he'd be like, yes. You know, and he'd, he'd like he'd put the he like letter the the word bubbles because they had you know he was writing so much he was I mean like yeah he, he was writing too many things yeah he was writing he was editing he was uh, doing the letters pages he was doing the bullpen he was doing stand soapbox like he's also like marketing things and now like I also got to like make sure I write all this stuff so we got to keep going yeah exactly uh, but. Yeah, even through things where he's like, <laughs> Jack Kirby would have the Human Torch encircle Spider-Man in flame, and he and and then he would say, "Oh no, I'm encircled in flame." Like, yeah, we got it, Stan. But like, Stan. he also, yeah, like you said, like f infused his rhetoric into the words as well. Uh, 
it's funny we were we were talking about like these people these these humans these grounded characters little kid from queens becomes like a superhero the world's most famous superhero yeah. um behind superman batman probably uh, I, I actually want to say it's probably batman spider-man superman at this point but uh <laughs> but then there's a character that like really got to be the thing that's that, Silver Surfer. I don't have a picture of him right now, okay. but like Silver Surfer is a character where he would just like ride the cosmos and just yeah. be beautiful pictures. Yeah. But then he'd be that was Stanley's way of being like, I'm gonna talk about the real world. Right. But I'm gonna do it from the perspective of this outsider alien mm-hmm. who's just kinda commenting on it. Right. So that it's not me infusing the book with my personal politics. Mm-hmm. It's that silver alien who's commenting on what's happening in the right. book. It's not me. It's him. It's totally him. Yeah. Uh, now, when you said that superhero thing, I really thought for a second, like, I was like, oh, wait, no, he was born in Manhattan. That's where Stan was born. I was yeah. Like, he did kind of become, like, the world's greatest superhero It's in true. A way. He did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's very true. And, like, honestly, it's funny, because, like, you know, Spider-Man's known for what? Like, with great power comes great responsibility, mm-hmm. and, like, Stan lived that in right. a way. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because he always used the, well, like, when he became a public persona, when he got out of publishing, he, he became the ambassador to comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was like using his influence, his power, so to speak, to influence other people to be like, this is a normal thing. Comics, comics yeah. are normalized and fun, and like in- get into it. Um, yeah, absolutely. And like try and like weirdly keeping up with the times, even though he maybe wasn't sure what it was necessarily. Yeah. No, um, that's true. But you know, whether it be you know cameos on random shows all mm-hmm. the way to cameos on his own in, in the films like yeah. getting to interact with Spider-Man or the Fantastic Four it's kind of fun and like kind of surreal I can imagine I can't even imagine no where I he's can't. especially if he's he's interacted with three different versions of Spider-Man at this point <laughs> uh, but like to see him yeah l- like literally like step off the re- out of the real world and almost like into a kind of like re- version of his reality right well, it's like it's like seeing it's like seeing God with his, with you know, with his creations. Like when Henson would yes. you see Henson oh, yeah. interact with the Muppets, it's bizarre because it's like it's bizarre and it there makes is you their feel, God. Yes, behold, I'm here. I made you. Without yeah. me, there is no and you. And I'm just a guy. Right, and I'm just a guy. I put on pants like just like everybody else. <laughs> like you know, um, yeah. He he is. It's funny. You know, you think about like gods, myths, yeah. legends. We don't really know who like made them up. Yeah. Like, who created Zeus? You know what I mean? But uh, we, I think that the reason why we have such an affinity for Stan, besides his, like, bubbling personality and his, like, great per- public persona uh, and his, you know, like, decades of infusing himself into the pages of the things you're reading and the culture that was influenced by it, uh, but also, like, we don't, we, like, we, because we know he made them, mm-hmm. we can, like, ascribe a lot of ownership and a lot of, like, deep connective stuff to the the person that was Stan Lee. And so, you know, like, it's kind of crazy to imagine that kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really do believe in some part of me that, like, in a thousand years, if we're still here as a <laughs> species, uh, that, like, things like Spider-Man and, like, Thor and even Captain America will still be there. Yeah. And that they will, like be these things that we not necessarily worshipped but mm-hmm. like use as totemic examples of what it means to oh, be human. I mean certainly. I mean if we we can still talk about Beowulf. Right. There's no reason we can't still talk about Peter Parker. Right, exactly. And and you know, and beyond. Yeah. You know? Uh so 
we we owe a lot to Stanley, and that's like the weakest way to say something about a person who has directly influenced millions of lives and the literal culture. Because mm-hmm. like, here's the thing: comics are still a small medium. Yeah, only a couple hundred thousand people read comics per month, and yet those movies, those video games, those cartoons influence people as well and millions of people watch and consume all that stuff Mm -hmm. and those people are influenced by those influences and so whether or not you know you could say like oh stanley influenced probably like you know a couple million people over the period of like 30 years something like that right he's also influenced directors and writers and authors and musicians and other people who also impact the culture and the entertainment industry who go out there and create things and so he's done a lot of good yeah and he will continue to do so until we are no longer a species yes and it's kind of cool that we got to live in that world yeah like we will be those who like anyone anyone born after this day will live in a world where stanley was. was like yeah like i re- like i'll hear stories of him yes exactly or even like even just like it would have been i can't but like i love the hulk and he means so much to me i wish i could have met the guy the, the men who created him yeah and you know the the further along we get the more mythic he'll become yeah and the <laughs> more like distant his you know is, is you know it's gonna be interesting it, it's it, it's gonna be very different it's yeah. a different world and or at least it will be yeah. and you know uh i you know it may seem a little like uh, hyperbolic but i really do believe that like you know there is a we are now in a world where stan is no longer a man who's over there who's like having a you know who's he has to put his pants on like now he is part of his creations now he lives in that world yeah and uh and so we owe him a lot <laughs> and we're lucky to have lived in in that world. Yeah, uh, we're lucky to have lived in a lot of those people's worlds. Honestly, no, it's true. There's so many people who have influenced us in such a pure and honest and interesting and fascinating and and, and miraculous way. And uh, so, if I can have a takeaway from this, uh, take an opportunity to think about the people in your life, yeah, who influence you or have influenced you mm-hmm. that matter. Oh yeah, uh, and and reach out to them in some way. Yeah, like don't wait. Don't wait. Like, don't wait. Uh, Kev Smith used to say, don't meet your heroes. He's very like, oh, he, he deliberately avoided meeting Wayne Gretzky. Um, because he's like, no, I don't want to have that. I want to have that disconnect. I want to have that. But like, I say, even if you don't want to meet them or you want to maintain that disconnect, I say, take the opportunity to say thank you. Yeah, try to reach out to them. Even if it's just your parents. I think yeah. that's for your grandparents or your, oh, your, your brother or your sister or your uncles. Like, go to that person and in some way, whether it's a note, text, tweet, and say, like, yo, you influenced me. Yeah, because you know, it matters. It really does, um, and it it'll matter to you too because you thing. don't know, <laughs> you don't know how much it's going to bother you or hurt you until it's already too late. Yeah. So just take the opportunity. It doesn't matter. And it's, if it's not gonna even make you feel silly. Right. It may feel silly, and they may make you feel silly for it, but yeah. don't let them because it's not about making them feel good. It's about making you at peace with the person that they helped make. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, it's weirdly it's going to be more for you than it is for them yeah but it'll still impact them trust it's, it's me it's true yeah no they will never forget like it, even I'm, if they you know yeah like i'm honestly like so glad that you did get to meet him yeah me too twice yeah i can't believe that either like, no the first time we just wandered up he was just there yeah he's got in line yeah uh and then the second time you hooked me up with uh with his meeting and i yeah. will be forever grateful for that <laughs> no like and I we and that was it was uh, it was at a time when he was uh, getting getting on, but he was still there. 
and that was a really really authentic experience that I'll never forget. No, it was, and like I, I, it's one of those things where it's like we could have just been like, nah, there's always there's always next time. Mm-hmm. There isn't always next time. No, there isn't. I know it sounds so. And you never know when that is going to be. It's unpredictable. It really is. It it really is. And like, if anything, I wish I could have like thanked him. Yeah, I'm sorry that that didn't. No, no, like, and like, but I, I, at the time, I wouldn't have like known what to thank him for. I would have thanked him for you. Oh. Because like, you wouldn't be the person you are without him. No, I, I, I'm not uh, just being like, oh, oh, yeah, but like, no, I am. No, it's 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 true. Without him, I wouldn't be this. Without a couple (laughs) people, there's, there's a. He is one of a handful of people. Who made me who I am, and that mm-hmm. may make a few people go like, "Well, then I should go out and punch them in the face." But like, <laughs> there are more people who are like, "Well, I'm I'm glad to have to to that that have happened," you know. And I'm very yeah. I'm very fortunate as a person, even if like, you know, I wasn't able to influence other people's lives. It's more about like I'm 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 a whole person. As a yeah. And uh, and yeah, I'm lucky to have you around too. <laughs> you're 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 a treasure. Oh well, thank you. Easily, no, it's because uh, I wouldn't be the person who would have followed those those breadcrumbs throughout my life to lead me to you. <laughs> so thank you all so much for joining us on this little retrospective, this little like uh, celebration yeah. of a man who has influenced his culture in many ways, in ways we can't yet fathom mm-hmm. and in ways, in yet, and ways we couldn't possibly uh, imagine. Yeah. So, and again, like I know I, you know, we, we, you know, left it on like a note of like, you know, don't forget to, to tell people who, who matter to you. But like, yeah, like we said, like, don't forget, like he's gone, mm-hmm. but he's not gone. No, it's true. He'll be here. Yeah. He will be here long after we are not. Literally all you have to do is pick up a comic. Yeah. That he had any part of at any point in time. And he's right there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I implore you, by the way, go back and like listen to some of his like fun recordings. Yeah, definitely. Um, because it's it's like he's in, and he's got so many mm-hmm. that you know you could listen to him for 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 years to come. Uh, but uh, yeah, so let uh, go out and that's your homework for today. You know, thank your thank your influences, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we will catch you on another episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. Uh, before we go, we did end up getting a couple super chats, and I want to address them. Yeah. Because like they were, and we addressed in the beginning of the episode. We're not trying to monetize yeah, this video this, in any this way. This video is not going to have ads on or anything like yeah, that. Exactly. Like this is not like this was really just cathartic for us and i hope for you as well it's just true. a place for you to go if like you just wanted to share how you were feeling about this exactly because, which i get the feeling that's what this was you know really, really, really at the end of the day like he's he's a stranger like yeah but he's not yeah we didn't know him we didn't grow up with him we weren't friends with him he's not my uncle you know nope. it's just uh but but he is in a way like he's he's like we he belongs to all of us now. oh yeah he really does uh, Andy Colliver, uh, I read yours. Uh, Christian Medston, a love bro, just love. Right on, my Thank buddy. Uh, Comic Goblin, my first introduction to Stanley was in the 90s Spider-Man animated series when he was in the final season. My dad explained who he was. It's a cherished memory of mine, and my dad got to meet him. Glad I got to meet him. R.I.P. Stanley. You too, me yeah, too, man. Really nice. Pricey Yeti 40. Stan was the first person I recognized for their creations. He was, in some ways, a part of my life since I was four. <laughs> in short, can't be the only one who cried, right? No. Generally nope, not. Crevishish, uh, the first experience I had with comics was the first 10 Spider-Man comics on a CD-ROM given out by Kool-Aid when I was five. <laughs> 18 years later, Stan's creations continue to push me to be better. Me too, man. Super Luigiac, I hope he was at peace in spite of the controversy agreed. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy to hear, I haven't read much, if anything, about the controversy. I'm thrilled that it's all about just celebrating the man who existed. Yeah. Cam says, uh, me finding out about Stan as a kid was the first time I realized there are actually people responsible for creating the things that I loved. I'm happy that the Generalissimo found ke- found peace. Yeah. Me too, man. Uh, the super casual plebe, uh, the world just got a little more darker. A true American hero passed. Thank you. Uh, may Stan be with his wife in peace. He will be missed. Mm. And a bunch of adorable emojis. Yeah, uh, the dude loved his wife mm-hmm. uh, to death. And uh, I'm, I'm 
if there is anything afterwards, I have no doubt they're together now. Mm -hmm. Danny Blackston TV, RIP Stanley, the man was a true legend and one of my personal heroes. As a writer and a storyteller, the man was truly great, Excelsior. Excelsior indeed, my friend. NB Gleason, in memoriam to the death of Stan Lee, will you do any uh, Just Imagine books? Uh, Stan Lee did this thing with DC Comics where he like reimagined DC creations. Yes. Batman, Flash, which is a lady injected with hummingbird DNA, and other characters like Green Lantern and Aquaman, or who's more or less a, a Hydro Man. Right. I'd love to do that. That'd be fun. We have the full omnibus of that book. Uh, comic chats, his creations, mainly Spider-Man, and the phrase, with great power must also come great responsibility as influenced who I am today. It's actually the real quote. Uh, I just usually truncate it, uh, mm -hmm. like so many of us. Stan, uh, Sandhand, guy made me who I am. You guys do too. Much love. Thank you, man. Aww. That means a lot. Uh, Danks the Destroyer, farewell true believer, Excelsior. Mr. Roboto, Stanley's greatest creation is Daredevil. He is hu superhuman for the blind, despite always suffering, never quitting, avoiding most, most event, still cool. Agreed. Yeah. Mr. Roboto, uh, Bruce Banner was Kirk Connors times 10 with depth. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. <laughs> Kirk Connors, great villain, though. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Cooper, I was hoping Stan would make a cameo as the one above all, talking to Spider-Man in one of the movies, encouraging him to, or, or saying he was his favorite. It's very sweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would like that, too. Uh, the, I, we never know. We don't know what he recorded before. It no, and, and there are like the rumors out there that there are plenty of pre-recorded exactly. cameos. So that, that's going to be rough. Yeah, that's going to be rough, <laughs> the last one. Uh, the super casual plebe joined back in to say onwards and upwards Excelsior which is by the way what Excelsior means mm -hmm. and comic book hipster he'll live forever on in the bonds of friendships that he, with his work that his works created and forged he managed to give all of us misfits a sense of belonging what a great ending mm -hmm. thank you guys so much for hanging out with us and we'll see you guys next time here on Comic Pop if you are new to this channel check us out uh, you know but uh, otherwise we'll see you guys then uh, thanks a lot for watching I'm Sal I'm Tiffany so long Bye, and guys. Excelsior <laughs>